It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's his sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, and yet watch it wrong all the same. Hi, this is Wade. And I am Siggy, and you're listening to the podcast where Wade and Siggy talk about something they watched and how maybe or not they're wrong. So you saw it, you've seen it, you sun it, Avengers Affinity War. It finally is here. Uh, this podcast is coming out a bit late, so I'm sure you've already... This is kind of... It's already old news, but... A thousand uh, podcast hours have already been transmitted uh, on this movie, but let us be your thousand and first. <laughs> if it... And hopefully not your thousand and second. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be your sloppy thousands and seconds. So, sir. Yes. I, I happen to have watched this movie at 9 a.m., the day it came out with my lovely wife. Ah, dropped the kid off at school and then played hooky. Is that yep. what you did? That's exactly what I did. That's a good plan. I knew we uh, weren't going to get in any other time. So I just went, okay, we're going to the movies. When did you see it? We went on a Sunday. We we made it till Sunday. I'll go ahead and say I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the shit out of this movie. Um, I think key to the experience, though, was not having read anything about it. Not having read any of the announcements about what movies are coming next. Well, they haven't announced it. They've announced a couple. Well, there's a few um, issues, yeah. And and not knowing which actors were under contract. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Someone asked me, so who do you think is going to die? And I'm like, whoever is not under contract. But I don't know who that is. Right. <laughs> yeah. So don't, uh, don't tell me. Um, and so I was like right in like the roller coaster car on the ride for this movie. Right. You know, I, I, uh, suspense was, uh, disbelieved. No, it was the other way around. It <laughs> was dis- suspended. What? I, I was, uh, I, I was, I had been steeped in, you know, anything I could find, but I avoided all reviews. I, all I heard was this. A friend of mine said, general response has been that everyone, lo- everyone loves it. Except they're disappointed in that it's not a complete story. And I went, oh, okay, see, oh, I see what they're doing. They pulled a Prometheus, you know, before when they, like years ago when they announced Phase 3, they said it's going to be Infinity War Part 1 in 2018 and Infinity War Part 2 in 2019. Okay? See, I didn't even know that. I, so, didn't, I, I didn't even know we weren't getting a complete uh, story well, this well, movie. Well, well, hold on a second. Uh, they, so then they said, okay, oh, wait, wait, wait. You know, now, the Avengers 3 is just Infinity War. There's no part one, part two. It's just Infinity War. Part four, we're not going to tell you what it is yet. We, it's going to be obviously affected by Infinity War, but it's going to be its own thing. So that's what they said. And then the reviews came out saying it's not a full story. And I go, oh, they're doing the thing where it's like, oh, no, it's not a part one. And then it's going to be a part two. And 
Um, you know, if you just said it's a part one, I'd be fine with it. You know, I just hate the back and forth. So anywho, but I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter. I'm happy to, I'm really excited to see this. So when the end, I'm just going to, obviously, if you haven't seen this movie, you should not be listening to this, but I don't see how you could have avoided anything. If you give a shit. If you give a shit. this movie, you've already seen it. Right. So in the end, when all the characters start evaporating, they've, they've lost and half the characters start evaporating. And I like how it's not even, I, uh, you're watching this, all these happen. And I'm starting to get upset that it's a lot of the characters, like only Peter and Peter Parker and, and strange kind of get their moment. Everyone else, they just kind of falls. Oh, it's just happening. Like I remember getting kind of antsy that, that Falcon just gets a camera gloss over as he, as he starts, as he evaporates. And, your mind is going, okay, well, this is where it's a part two. This is because obviously this is, this is all going to get undone because you know, there's a guardians movie coming out a Spider-Man movie coming out. It's all going to, it's all going to work out. But I started to note, but it was still messing with the mind. I was impressed that it would still affect me so much when they, they show Mantis evaporating and then in one sh- into carbon, which I thought was nice. And then in one shot, they have Peter uh, star Lord in the foreground and Drax in the background and Drax starts to evaporate, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I knew they wouldn't do Peter, they wouldn't do Star Lord. I gotta keep the big guys around. So that's what's. And then when he starts to go, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> oh, um, oh really? And then it all starts, you know, unfolding. And so my mind is go is is wrestling sadly, and unfortunately, with all this part one, part two bullshit that was fed to me by the 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 marketing machine, and but it still didn't emphasize the power of the last shot of of Thanos just going to his, uh, which uh, just the last shot I've been watching the sunrise. It's, it's, it's staggeringly powerful when it just cuts to black and then there's the end of the movie and it doesn't give a mid title sequence and it doesn't say the Avengers will return. It says Thanos will return at the end of the credits and uh, Will's really well played. Like, just I like the fact that if you just watched this one, it would. It's not really giving you. If you didn't have any marketing or didn't have any reviews or didn't have any word of mouth, you'd just be like, "That's it." That was me. I didn't yeah. have any. That I was. You're described me. I, oh, I did. I was. So I wish I, I had was, that uh, experience. I was surprised by that. Just be. That's it. They lost. And like Captain America's. Last last line of the movie, I think, is Caps. Just that, oh God, is so chilling to me. When I it was it was just like it's this is this is over. It's irreversible. Whatever. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed by that and hated the fact that I had this swirling marketing, you know, of different time periods leading up to this to kind of try make me kind of try to rationalize my way out of what I was saying, what, what was happening. Yeah. So bad I, marketing. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I was fortunate that my mind was completely in the theater. Like mm. I wasn't, I wasn't in a meta mind about it right. uh, at all as I was watching it and really surprised by all the people. These must not be comic book people, people who said I really had trouble, uh, seeing any stakes in this film because they knew they weren't going to kill off Spider-Man. They're not going to kill off the Guardians because they've already announced those movies. I'm like, 
So when Spider-Man's in mortal peril and you're reading and you're, and you're eating, wishing when you're reading issue 251 <laughs> of amazing Spider-Man, like you think, well, he's not going to die because 252 is coming out. And if you saw him disappear, like that wouldn't have any emotional right. scene. You would say, well, I can't get into this story right. because I know there's going to be another Spider-Man <laughs> next week. Right. You know, is that, is that how you always read these stories? Like, that reminds what's me wrong of... with you? <laughs> I completely agree. It reminds me of that uh, Gary Shandling joke of, of, of someone who uh, was watching E.T. and saw that the uh, the bike fly over the moon. And that it was with someone he was dating. And she went, as if. <laughs> and he goes, she must dream at night going, yeah, right. <laughs> So yeah, I, yeah. The the fact where they say lack of stakes, yeah, it just it it's preposterous to me, especially considering what this movie's doing. And and which is which is well well let me okay well let me well oh can I can I hit the pause button right here sure and then I want you to continue right where you are okay uh, listener for the first time we have uh, come up with a structure for this episode I thought it was bad I'm a porn to tell people what we were doing. <laughs> Sorry, in a previous in a, in, in a previous false start of this podcast, that's what was just told to me when I tried to do the same thing. <laughs> where we where we uh, we're each gonna have five observations about this movie and try to contain it, try to structure things along that line. Um, How many have I done and I so think far? We're, I think we're on your first observation, Wade. Okay. All right. So what are you saying? Well, my first observation was this. Uh, my wife at the end of the, after it was over, who, by the way, I know I've said several times before, my wife does not like to discuss movies days after she sees it. I mean, from the moment she sees it to days later, she, I like, she's like to think about it, move on, which means that I'm chomping at the bit to like talk about stuff. Um, which is why these episodes are three hours long. Exactly. <laughs> so we talked about this movie immediately afterwards and kept talking about it. And for days she would unprompted, uh, say, yeah, I was really impressed with the writing of this movie. As a writer, she was just really into it. And so, okay, so anyway. It was good. It was very good. Um, okay, so as soon as the credits roll, and I'm kind of stunned, after a little while I turned, I think one of the first things I said to her was, you know, the only thing I can't square, and I, oh, by, wait, let me just say, I am embarrassed that I didn't think of this. But I said, you know, the only thing I can't square is why did Doctor Strange give up the time stone? Okay, we're in observation number two now. Although this is still observation number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I go, why did he give up the time stone? This is in one of mine. And and she's like, oh, well, I know. Because <laughs> he goes, I see where they're going. And he goes, well, obviously he saw, when he looked in the future and saw all the 14 million and one possibilities of, mm -hmm. of how it would work out. The only one that worked, there was only one where they, where they won. And it's the one where most of them die. Or the one specifically where Tony Stark lives. Right. Or yeah, exactly. But, but so, so, well, maybe, maybe not, but like, you know, he, I, I think that's uh, it. And I'll tell you why. Okay. But okay. Well, cause I think, okay. I think strange, I, I think strange led to his, um, I think Strange, Strange kept his word in, before because he says, I, if it comes to it, I'm not going to spare your guys' life if it means anything. And I think, I think he kept that um, because I think he saw what I think they're going towards. Or, now that Carrie has enlightened me, 
because she said, well, obviously the next movie, the only way that things can be set right is for Thanos to rethink what he did to, to something, something changes in him. Which is how I think it goes yeah. in the comics. See, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I haven't read that yet. Although I did, I do somehow came about information. The fact that I think Nebula is the one who actually gets the gauntlet, and then he's has she has to be convinced to set things back right. But I don't think the Nebula in, the, in these movies would have to be convinced to do that at this point. Um, she's already turned face. Yeah, she's already turned face. So tell me why you think. Why do you think it specifically Stark needs? Uh, he, um, if I'm not mistaken, the only person besides Gamora and Nebula that the only one of the heroes that Thanos refers to by name is Stark. Like he knows. And what does he say? He says, "I hope they remember you." He says something Stark. else. Oh, what does he say? He says, "I too am I cursed too. by knowledge." Well, right. I too is yeah exactly and so is he referring oh because he could be referring to the fact that Tony nuked an entire army you know when he saved New York when he made the sacrifice that wouldn't explain that choice of words right so he know yeah he yeah I think Thanos I I I interpret that to mean uh, both. I don't. I interpret that to mean Doctor Strange isn't the only one who has seen this possible timeline. Ah. Oh. And that Thanos understands that Tony Stark may be his undoing. Hmm. Um. Because Tony Stark is responsible for a lot of uh, of 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 deaths to. Uh, for better or worse, for 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 the for the overall good. He and Thanos have that in common. common. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I also think, and now here's where the meta brain like kicked in, like really soon after I saw the movie is, oh wait, all the all the, then having done a little bit of reading, then is okay. All the characters who have movies coming out uh, <laughs> disappeared. All the guys who went out of the franchise are Remain. still there. Exactly. Everyone that we thought was going to die because their contract was up, they all lived. So obviously they have to sacrifice themselves to bring everybody else back, right? Like that's, they have to make a conscious choice mm. to stop existing so that everyone else can exist or something. I don't know. But then Ant-Man has to play into it somehow. Well, I don't know. I think Ant-Man the Wasp was going to take place before Avengers Infinity War. Well, you know what I hope? It's what? just like halfway through. It's just... It's just the continue. We see Thanos, and like the story continues. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the Hulk and Iron Man show up, and <laughs> and they they say, "Hey, we need you. Let's go fight Thanos." And they just do it right then in the second half of Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> it just ends. It. I, I <laughs> that would be pretty cool, right? That would be pretty cool. I had a secret fantasy uh, because they moved the the original um, theatrical release date was was uh, this is being recorded on the on Saturday the fifth of May, and I thought I thought it was, they were originally scheduled to come out yesterday on May the fourth, but just when Solo should have come out. Yeah, exactly. Solo Star Wars story. Exactly. That's set to come out on the twenty fifth of May, and I think because it's being released by Disney as well, I think they were afraid. That too much that Avengers would 
there wasn't enough lead time to give event uh, for Avengers to not cut into Solo's box office. So they, I think they they brought it out earlier to kind of give them a little more buffer because you've got that. Then on the 18th, you got Deadpool, and then you're gonna have Solo. So I think they needed to like make give them give them some space at the box office. But I did have a secret fantasy that perhaps would how cool would it be if like of yesterday since they uh, or or maybe a little bit later this summer or maybe even a little bit later this year like in a month or two they drop the next avengers movie like a year early because <laughs> they shot it all at once you sound like a game of thrones fan you know <laughs> but how cool would that be to see that thing go oh and then she'd be like and then realize oh we have to wait a year oh no what are we gonna do and then suddenly boom Here's the next part. I don't know if that would be better or worse, but I think it would be cool. <laughs> Regardless. Um, like a pop-up restaurant. Yeah. What do you think of Thanos as a villain? As a, as a, or in this case, as a main character. What do you think of him as a character? Well, I was going to save that for when we talk about... <laughs> individual characters in the Marvel universe. Well, but he's so that's what this movie is about. So we kind of have to talk about this now. All right. Okay. So we're we're not following the structure cuz are you asking me to make an observation? Well, cuz this wasn't going to be one of my five. Okay. Well, okay, all right. <laughs> We'd agreed on something for once. But we didn't agree on which topics would be where. You said you had one that you may wanted to put in the bottom. I didn't know which one that was. So, so is this my observation or yours? What's happening right now? Where are we in? The, <laughs> I can't control in the, it. In the Google Doc, I've already I written with you. down the. I've already burned up the two I wrote down of the five. I liked Thanos. I thought uh, Josh Brolin <laughs> did a good job. Yeah, he's got nice eyes. <laughs> yeah, the CG work was great. It really was. It was. It was good. It was good acting. It was good acting for a CGI character. I um. I felt like uh, Thanos up until now has been always talked about and almost seemed rather ineffective because he's supposed to be the biggest badass in the universe and he keeps sending these guys to just fail and never does anything himself. And so now all of a sudden you're like... We it get makes this. you wonder what he, what else he's got to do. Right. <laughs> what else is on Thanos' plate, you know? But I love the fact that he's considers himself the person to take the moral burden of this thing that he thinks has to be done. Yeah. I really, I mean, like, like it's, you know, it's the perfect thing of like the villain doesn't think he's a villain. And, you know, he, he is doing this thing because he knows it, it, he's got the weight of the universe on his shoulders. And he's like, I have to sacrifice my, basically I have to live with this guilt. He didn't have to, he killed half the universe. He could have been in that half. He could he doesn't. He doesn't seem to ever consider that possibility right. because, right? Which you know, which makes someone asks, and then what will you do? Right. It was like, well, there's a fifty percent chance I'll watch the sunset. <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> that's great. And so maybe that's you're right. That's how it's going to tie into our our heroes, who will make because they always say that that the difference between the hero and the and the and the villain is that the hero the villain will not let go of his original goal. He will not sacrifice. And the hero will. And that's mm. 
like, 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 like if they have the same thing, you know, he won't let go of his original goal, whereas the hero will have to go, what I wanted initially, I'm going to have to give up. That's directly standing in the way of, of what needs to happen. So he makes that sacrifice play, whereas the villain will not, and it will eventually be his undoing. Now, the, that happen, that's the case, even if the villain wins or loses, because if the villain loses, he goes down swinging, he, he gets killed going down with, with him not letting, letting go, or he wins and then lives this kind of unfulfilled, icky life later because he's, he couldn't let it go. Um, so yeah, so you're, it, by that rationale, it seems like, yeah, that will be the, the sacrifice play made by our heroes where Thanos wouldn't. Well, I mean, he's, he's going to get restless. He's not just going to sit right. on that hill um, you know, all the time, right? He's yeah. a doer. He's a doer. He's, a, he's an achiever. Do you remember, you know, for I, better or worse? I watched Age of Ultron recently. Um, uh, I put it on the background when I was cleaning, and I was surprised to find that the movie ages well. The movie is much better now that once the, 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 the excitement wore off to see it, and then you're like, eh, it's not that good. And then, um, uh, and then once Civil War comes out, I think Civil War makes Age of Ultron a much better movie. And, um, and so. I disagree with you on that one. <laughs> Have you watched Avengers Age of Ultron since seeing Civil War? We can talk about this when we talk about our top three and well, bottom three Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. That the would second be half of this episode. That would be great, um, but it all factors in. What I'm just trying to say is that I mean, Ultron told um, in one of the few Ultron moments that worked. Ultron told uh, Captain America, uh, "You can't. You, you say you're a man of peace, but you don't know what to do when there's not a war." And stops Captain in a in his tracks because he's right, and so I think um, I think Thanos might have the same uh, same problem. By the way, um, the Avengers Infinity War soundtrack is available on Amazon Prime, so I pulled it up and I I was looking at the track listings and I saw that one of the there's a 59 uh, second track at the end of the very bottom of the soundtrack um, called Porch, and I thought that was I go. <laughs> I know what that is. The and Pearl think, Jam song? No. <laughs> no. It, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, the, uh, uh, it, you know, it's the thing that... What see, the fuck is this world coming to or didn't? Get should, your message, guess I. Could have heard your voice one last time. <laughs> I hope that's the right song. It's been like 25 years <laughs> since I've listened to it. We still get the, uh, the last scene of the movie of Thanos sitting down and watching the sunrise and play that song over it. Because I think that's what that music is supposed to be for. It's supposed to be it's him sitting on the porch. He's the cowboy coming home after the battle, tired and haggard, and sitting down and breathing the nice new world. That's what that scene is, and I love it. Okay, since you brought that scene up, this okay. wasn't going to be one of my five observations, but it was a thought that occurred to me, is where do you think he is? He's not on question. Titan. Right. He said he's going to watch the sunset. It's only our star that's called the sun. Right. Is he watching our sun? Is he on Earth? Or is he just called it the sun because he knew that that's what... Who was he talking to when he said that? I don't know. But that is a great question. Is he talking the... to an Earthling? And he just said the sun because... Let uh, me put it in terms that 
will be meaningful well, to you. A star is also known as the sun, and we just happen to, and we have all the things are moons, but we call ours the moon. Right. We don't call our sun Alpha Centauri, and then we, you know, Alpha Centauri gives us life. No, we call it the sun, even though it is a sun. Well, in some science fiction stories, they'll call it Saul. Oh, but yeah, its yeah. official name is the Sun, right? The sun, right. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's like how lots of people's names for themselves in their own language translates to the folk or the right. people. Um, maybe he was just translating the name of his star to the Sun. Well, that is a fascinating uh, question. Where is he? Because I, I realized I had a question just the other day that I go, "Hey, wait a second. Thanos took an axe to the chest." Stormhammer went right into his chest. Which, by the way, the name of Beta Ray Bales is Axe. Um, <laughs> Stormbreaker, wasn't it? Oh, Stormbreaker. I'm sorry. Stormbreaker. So Stormbreaker goes, sinks directly into his chest. He says you should have gone for the head and then snaps his fingers. Or the wrist. Or the... <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Um, but... What happened to that wound? Well, he's limping when he goes to sit down to right. watch that sunset. So, I mean, th- I forget. Does the, the, the glove have a healing property? He didn't turn time back. Well, he's, it can warp reality. Yeah. You can, I don't know. So if, if, it do, if he doesn't... It's not a lots and lots gauntlet. It's, right. it's an infinity gauntlet. Right. So I'm, we just assumed he was able to... He's, he'd be fine. Now, but... If he wanted to be. What? How, how exactly? Because I've only seen it once. How does he get away? He just suddenly pulls, vanishes. He pulls out. It, he space warps him somewhere else, right? Like, uh, yeah, I how, think so. So we just assume he purple bubble appears right. or something. And the did the did the the did the gauntlet disintegrate because it was kind of tattered. Yeah, it looked like it like burned up or something. Yeah. I don't know if it burned out. It was not clear he, what yeah. happened there. He didn't have it in the last scene. Who knows? Maybe that's the afterlife. Here's another thing I had. Now, now what do you think of this? So uh, this ties into that question. The soul stone. Very important part. By the way, I loved Gamora in this movie. I thought Gamora was amazing. Um, and I agree with her. Oh, and wait, wait, wait. Real quick. I had I'd hoped, the one thing I hoped that Infinity War would have would have the Red Skull in it. And as much as I did not like oh. how they did the Red Skull in the first Avenger, I was like, he's got to come back in this because he was sucked away by the Tesseract. And we just didn't know oh. what happened to him. And that's what happened to the anticipation. I, I was like, please let the Red Skull show up in this one. And when he did, I was so happy. And I, but I kind of was disappointed that he couldn't get involved somehow. He's pretty much fucked. Mm. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Which he should be. He should, he should be fucked. Be. Um, so they're standing there at the edge of the wherever the source stone is had. And I'm not sure. And uh, Red Skull in the guise of death. So when right. he first appears, I thought, oh, it's death like in the comics. And uh, right. here it is. Oh, it just kind of looks like I get it. Right. Little kind of like a double dose of fan service in one. Right. In exactly. One pill. One pill. So, um, not Hugo Weaving, but, you know. Oh, it wasn't? No. Apparently, he, fooled me. he wasn't that. Yeah, I, I, was, I was fooled. I thought it was, and I looked it up, and it wasn't. So, 
the soul stone, they say the soul stone asks for you to sacrifice something you love in order to do this. And Thanos, I love the moment of Gamora saying, well, this is great. You love nothing. So there's nothing you can sacrifice to get what you ultimately want because you're an asshole. (laughs) And, um, when he, when he sacrifices Gamora, I don't think it's a sacrifice. I really don't. Like, I wonder if the stones are playing a, it, I, it'd be a cop out if everything we saw was like a Jacob's Ladder scenario where it's just kind of, spoiler alert, <laughs> where this is just kind of his imagining. I think that would be quite a, quite a cop out and it'd be very angry. But if you think about it, even if he's like has a fondness for Gamora, for his adopted daughter, he's obviously valued what he believed to be right over something he loved. Because the whole movie, the whole, whole movie has countless scenarios of sacrifice one person to save the universe or spare this one person and probably let the universe die. You know, Peter and Gamora were put into it. Strange and Tony. Um, Peter and, wait, uh, and then, you know, even Thanos and Gamora. And, and it, it seems to keep happening and it's keep hammering that point. Vision, they try to protect Vision from the onslaught. It's one after the other. What I hope that the movie and then its eventual sequel will basically form to say is, yes, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. But if we don't protect the one what is the whole you know it's like does the whole mean anything if we won't if the whole won't protect the one this is like the trolley car problem you know the trolley car problem the ethical the ethical dilemma the trolley car is headed towards um like a group of 20 people who are on the tracks who don't aren't aware that it's coming they're all looking the other way they're all watching a movie on a big screen like they're not going to see this trolley car coming. It's going to plow into them and kill all of them. You are at a switch. You can divert the trolley car onto another track, but there's one person on that track that you're going to divert the trolley car to. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What is the ethically correct decision there? Mm. Do you, by conscious action, kill one person or by inaction allow 20 people to die. Right. And, uh, you know, apparently there's a a long running, uh, ethical and philosophical debate about which is, which is the morally superior or, or, or ethically required, uh, Mm -hmm. um, action. And that there's, you know, there's a difference between your conscious choice. Like how would you tell the family members that one person, yes, I killed, I killed your child but I had to, to save these other 20 people versus right. the families of the 20 people say, I'm sorry, there's nothing I could do. Like I, I, I would have been committing a murder if I had done anything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I didn't start the trolley. I couldn't, I couldn't take the life of this other person, you know? Right. So all these captain cap and, uh, uh Loki and, um, you know, everyone who, makes a choice not to, well, Dr. Strange, they don't pull the, the lever, right? Right. They say there has to be another way to stop the trolley car. Yeah. 
Well, Strange being the different case because he saw the only way. He saw the way. We 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 deduce. We right? deduce that he's seen the way. Yeah. But he doesn't make that. He doesn't say that's why he's doing it. But the others are do like they. Well, Loki, I guess we're inferring it too. But Captain America is like pretty much saying we're not going to pull the switch because there has to be a different way to a better way to to stop that trolley car. We're superheroes. <laughs> and there's a the weight on his face when they're trying to find I, I you know, I I'm slowly falling into a deep love with Chris Evans. <laughs> well, definitely Steve Rogers. The weight on his face when they're trying to figure out well, where could we possibly take vision to get to have the technology to get this thing out of his head. And you can see it because when you cut to him, you know he's thinking Wakanda. He doesn't have to say it. And he does. He just, you know, when he says, I know where we can take him. But you could see it on his face going, if I take Vision to Wakanda, Thanos is coming to Wakanda and I'm going to get all these people killed. <laughs> you know, you can see it on his face. And then he's like, well, who, who am I going to get killed? And if I don't take him, that's the only place we could take him. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's just to watch him guide what's right and what's, but the consequences of what right are just too great. Yeah. So I, that's why I think it's really bold to take a summer fun blockbuster. You know, this thing that looks like by all critical evaluation to be just another thing of money and franchise building to be about the really real problem of overpopulation and what do we do? And you have someone who has a solution, but what is that solution? There's so much wrong with that solution. (laughs) The ends don't justify the means. But yeah, our heroes are like, well, we're superheroes. We We can find another way. We have to. And yes, it's slower. And yes, it's... We don't know what that is yet. And so I, I don't know. I just think it's because it's honestly, it's a problem our, our world is facing. I Can I get back to Dr. Strange and yes. his decision? Please. Okay. So I have an alternate hypothesis. Okay. For why. So why Loki did it. We know why Loki did it. We think is to save, save his brother. He found, and you know, maybe it was also, he knew he had to kill Thanos and that would let, Thanos is guard down and then he could stick a ship into him. Why Loki always resorts to a knife when he's like an illusionist is it's always a little <laughs> disappointing. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, who, who else sacrifices a stone? Whatever. Okay. Well, we, we understand Heimdall, their reasons. Heimdall sacrifices himself. <laughs> Heimdall rainbow bridges uh, Hulk. the Hulk, but not Thor and Loki out of there. Well, that that's what that I I I was really jarred by that. I was like, what? Okay, so I know Heimdall can see all the realms, so he probably knows of, he obviously knows of Strange, and he knows of, you know, all these people that don't know him, but it seems so random, and and granted, the Hulk was bested by Thanos, but if that just goes to show that anybody could hold their own against Thanos, the only person there would be the Hulk, right? Yeah, it is kind of weird that Captain America gets more licks in than yeah. the Hulk does against Thanos. That's true, but... <laughs> I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's true. So, so I, the, you, but you have to lot. You can logically rationalize. Well, Thor and Loki can survive in space. The Hulk cannot. 
Like Thor and Loki yeah. can be outside in space and it doesn't bother them. It doesn't kill them right away. And I so, like to think he had a sword in his gut and he just missed. <laughs> he was he went for all three of them plus himself, but uh, he just didn't have his right. didn't have so, his best stuff for that day. So two other questions. One, what did Heimdall say before he did that? He's called on the dark power. Is that the same power that the ancient one was pulling from in Doctor Strange? Like she was living off the the dark energy from the dark universe. Dark universe. I found that interesting. If 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 Heimdall, I could I can't remember where Heimdall draws his his abilities from, but he called on the dark power. I think, and that really threw me for a second. So and then is dispatched, but. Um, it's weird. So am I to also believe that all the other Ang- uh, Asgardians are dead? Like, is there, are all yeah. the, As- is, uh, so Valkyrie. Not just, not 50%. <laughs> right. So we're thinking Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek from Thor Ragnarok. Are they, did they get, we hope maybe they got away. <laughs> but, wh- but yeah, is this, is, is, they, they didn't say Thor was the only, well, Thor didn't say I'm the only Asgardian left. He just later in the scene with rocket you know he just said my mother died my father died my brother just died i, I guess, guess I'm we the just one don't left. know so we don't really know i mean you can make the assumption that they all got wiped out we were that's the only impression we're given right because when they left on thor in thor ragnarok the asgardians left in one ship correct right right they didn't have several boats they all took off of we are asgard now. we are asgard something like that Makes Thor Ragnarok a little depressing now when you watch it. <laughs> yeah, because they're all getting away, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, you know what? Asgard isn't a place; it's us." And then it gets wiped out <laughs> before yeah, the next movie even starts. <laughs> the humans think last. we're immortal. Whoops. <laughs> okay. So why did Strange give up the stone? One reason could be he looked in all possible futures and this is the only one the only one that where they succeed is where he gives the stone or tony stark's alive i have a different hypothesis what's the very first thing we hear dr strange talking about oh yeah he once, before uh, hulk crashes through the roof he wants something to eat he's ordering food he doesn't but have any money i can't remember they now. don't have any money they they've run have... out of money I think this is all an insurance scam. <laughs> I think uh, I think he's trying to collect on the world's biggest insurance policy. He took a life insurance policy out on half the universe, <laughs> like a lot of corporations. And this is how it pays off. So 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 then we need to enlist the work of one Mr. Tony Becker for his new podcast, Insurable Interest. Yes. Y'all should on... check this out. It's really cool podcast. They take if, you've, it... if you've ever <laughs> sat through a movie wondering, what are the insurance policy and coverage implications? And what would the total of claims be from all the explosions and whatnot happening in this movie? There's a podcast that has the answers for you. That's right. The first episode was Silver Streak, where they compile all the damage in the movie into what uh, uh, and give you a grand total. It's it's surprising, 
and and what and what you just go oh yeah yeah that would that, that makes a lot of sense and then um i think you can even get i think i saw insurable interest on the stitcher app if i'm not oh, mistaken yeah? let me he's see. had three episodes out now the ghostbusters is episode two that's right uh yeah there it is insurable interest on the you can get it on the stitcher app or wherever podcasts are found check it out he's got ghostbusters silver streak and in double indemnity so maybe we might see a future episode of avengers infinity war although i'm not sure how how he can do the claims on titan i'm not sure if he has we'll have to see if he he's pretty impressive but i wonder what his uh um he knows his rate shit. Scret- he has, yeah, exactly. What his rate structure would be for uh, replacement uh, damages on uh, on Titan, given exchange rates and everything. I want to know more of the backstory of why uh, Doctor Strange is suddenly having money trouble. <laughs> well, they don't have, and how he claims, account. how he plans to collect on uh, <laughs> on this policy when he no longer exists. Oh, wait, wait a second. So, you, so it's not Thanos who's put out a policy. Strange has. No, it's strange. <laughs> strange made the choice to give up the stone and sacrifice himself, essentially. <laughs> I think he's playing a long con here. That's right. He needs. He is an asshole. <laughs> That's true. And he had, you know, uh, the just for men white in his temples a little strong in this, didn't you think? Like in the other one, it was it was pretty good. This one's a little, little painted on. He went full Ditko. He went full Ditko, that's right. Also, by the way, I was very happy to see that uh, characters that took more of a front and center to the story were ones that usually don't. Like Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Strange, I think, took a really prominent role in this story. Above even people like Thor and Cap. Black well, Strange Wo- did get his own movie, so that's he not did, so unusual. But yeah, but he did. But you, if you if you're going to the Avengers movie, he's not an Avenger, so you'd think he'd be just a guest player. But him and Strange and it's kind of like how uh, all those people in Captain America: Civil War aren't Captain America. <laughs> you um. What did you think of the battle to, that where they almost got his glove off? On I loved it. Yeah, that was, that was of, the highlight of the movie. I kept thinking, how are any of these people going to stand up to have a fight with him? And it was great. Now, super fun. What super did, yeah, fun, super imaginative, fun. like the choreography of the of the battle, the build up to the battle was like funny with the, uh, the coming up with the plan and the. Mm-hmm. And the bickering and the whatnot, and then the execution of the of the battle, um, it was like my favorite comic book battle of all time is X Men Uncanny X Men number two hundred nine, mm. where um, in two hundred eight, uh, the, the X Men and the Hellfire Club are having a battle in uh, Central Park. And then, like, on the last page, Nimrod shows up, like the super yeah, sentinel yeah, yeah. who time travels from the future, who um, is one of my favorite X-Men villains. And then 209 is Nimrod taking on the X-Men and the Hellfire Club at once. And, hmm. you know, like, the X-Men, like, use coordinated attacks. The Hellfire Club are doing their coordinated attacks, but they're kind of getting in each other's way. And Nimrod is like has ways of countering every single thing they try to do. And it's just like one oh. book long battle. Um, and it's awesome. It's like it's it's 
it forces the characters to be really clever to overcome this enormous challenge and they have to use teamwork and in new and interesting ways and uh and and that battle for that was was the equivalent of uh uncanny x-men number 209 i Mm. love that that's that's like the one that i thought that was a highlight of the entire uh franchise for me oh really yeah no i i i was giddy over that yeah it was really it was really great they, uh, they, and you know, uh, and Peter Quill fucks it up by right. being stupid, but you know, that's all right. Yeah. So, so. I, I, I heard of people like being mad at that moment, but I'm like, of course they weren't going to win the battle. Right. They weren't going to beat Thanos right then. Like something and, had to happen, and at least it was built on emotional stakes and not like, whoops, I slipped on a banana peel or right. something. And so. it's completely consistent with his character. Yeah. It yeah. it 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 mattered to him. Uh, it, 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 it was, you know, I, it was disappointing that you're like, you're like, it's just such a disappointment. Have you heard what, what have you, do you know about Chris Pratt's Instagram? No. If you go to Chris Pratt's Instagram, every photo of him, like having breakfast or just kind of anywhere, anywhere users are going to thing and yelling at him for destroying half the universe. <laughs> We're all saying, if you just... Yeah, they're like, hey, it's pretty good breakfast. Um, I wonder if the other half of the universe, what they would have been having if you hadn't let them all die. Well, my, <laughs> my favorite is the common one where they just go, you had one job, Star-Lord. You had one job. <laughs> but at the same, and then other people on there who don't, they're like going, oh, uh, why are you guys attacking Chris? It's just a character. <laughs> Chris, we love you. It's okay. But... Um, yeah, the people were genuinely mad. But but and then all these articles started popping up of like, who's the secret villain of Avengers Infinity War? It's Star-Lord. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not the secret villain. He just fucked up. Yeah, right. He fucked up in a major way. He didn't make a decision to kill everyone. He's you not just, even you, a you, capable you... leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> He can't coordinate them to do anything together, as we've seen on Nowhere earlier in this movie. <laughs> right. Right. And so it makes sense that especially, of course, like the Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man aren't going to be able to and Doctor Strange aren't going to be able to like pull off a caper together. Like that's going to go wrong. Like, you know, and yet the the elements aren't there for success. Right. Especially when they (laughs) don't know each other. Yeah. And this is like a Marvel thing. Like, you know, this goes back to Fantastic Four number one. Like they're going to bicker. They're going to screw something up like you know somebody's not going to listen to somebody else right something's going to get fucked up because of it you know this is like in the bones of the marvel universe yeah and and the so reason it's why another one of those things i, I just it. don't get people getting upset about like how do you not know what you're in for when you're <laughs> you know right exactly like you forget you're in a comic book movie yeah when you're watching this which maybe that's the credit i take it as a a knock on on the viewer to to be in a, to be in the, how come these Westerns always end with a gunfight on main street? You know, it's like, <laughs> you knew, you saw the tumbleweed go across the screen, right? You knew it. Don't you know it? Was Why common? are these Westerns always so dusty? <laughs> yeah. Like this is, I this want is vegetation Marvel. in my Westerns. <laughs> the most entertaining thing about Marvel has always been the heroes fighting the other heroes. Yeah, like that's exactly the, 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 the friction between them. Yeah. Either whether it's either bickering or an actual throwdown, like right, you know, yeah, they're not supposed to get along, <laughs> right? They're flawed, damaged individuals right. who 
yeah, it's 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 lovely. Okay, so what did you think of the Battle on Titan? It's the uh, uh, it, I loved it, and the only thing that I uh, and it, it it does mark something because I can't remember specifics about any of the other battles. It's weird. Usually I can, mm. but I'm trying to remember. I know there's the battle in the trench of those big diggers on Wakanda where Scarlet Witch and o- Okayo and um, uh, Black Widow were in. I remember all the orcs, <laughs> for lack of a better term, <laughs> coming the into the thing. Orcs. The Xeno orcs. <laughs> and, uh, the Xeno orcs. And then, uh, and, and then I Actually, remember. Actually, they look like gene stealers from... Uh, right. From the Games Workshop, and Warhammer I 40K. You know, Vision and, and, and Scarlet Witch being attacked in Scotland. But I can't remember too much about the other battles. And so um, I remember the more dramatic scenes better. So it's interesting that I, I, know I really want to see it again. And, um, but usually, I, those, I mean, those set pieces, usually a lot of them just really stick with me really hard. And, and not too many head of this did, but I enjoyed Maybe the heck were out of this movie. Maybe there were so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the battle in Scotland. Um, yeah. Uh, until uh, three of my favorite characters show up. I'm not a Vision and Scarlet Witch fan um, in the movies. Um, and then uh, three of my favorites show up, and suddenly they just, like, kick tons of ass, whereas <laughs> these two much more powerful characters, like, could not, were completely overmatched by uh, these Dark Order or Black Order mm. people whose names I can't remember, even though they're cool. Yeah. Um which is, you know, I guess that goes towards Cap being able to punch Thanos a bunch of times is if you, it's kind of the rule, one of the rules in these movies is if you are stout of heart, then uh, your fists will always be the best weapon, better a better weapon than, you know, any kind of like repulsor rays or yeah. unibeams. <laughs> It's also kind of a law in these movies that no matter who you are, if you punch, and no matter what you're punching, your hands will never get hurt. Right. <laughs> Only Deadpool. Doesn't matter if it's Iron that. Man's face or a yeah. super dense vision, right. and you're just uh, Hawkeye. Like, you're not gonna. You're not gonna feel any pain by trying to crack him across the jaw. <laughs> so, uh, I want to talk about the forge. Oh, when right. Thor goes to the the forge. This was the only part of the movie that didn't work for me. Yeah, is it, which is a shame because yeah, I love Dinklage. I could watch him do anything. I didn't um, love Dinklage in this movie. Yeah, I well, thought I mean, he was it, a huge distraction. It was a case of stunt casting backfiring. Yeah. for me um and part of it was he just seemed to be trying too hard to have an asgardian accent but not sound like Tyrion lannister <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was a big uh, you know like just trying to go an octave lower than he really can but also it's just like it's something that these movies are so good at is oh it's william hurt but he's in character oh, and God, i, I love I just buy him as uh, a Secretary of State Ross. Uh, He's so great. Thunderbolt. That's anymore. one of the best casting they did. Or um, it really. Is. Or uh, um, uh, Robert Redford, which was stunt casting, yeah. but he like blended into the world yeah. like, seamlessly for me. Yeah, movie, me too. Right. Um, and just Dinklage didn't like. Right. I don't know. He's just like he's popping too much as Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Like oh, we all love I Peter Dinklage. Had, yeah. 
and um, and I also had to like this is this was a meta moment during the movie where I'm thinking it must be really hard to be a dwarf actor these days. Like, do you get any parts? Do you only get calls if Peter Dinklage isn't available? Like, <laughs> you know, no matter how small the part, it's like you know there are other yeah little people who can act. So it had me think of that. But that wasn't the worst part of the um, that scene for me. The worst part was I thought Rocket was just completely wasted in this movie. Hmm. Um, he never builds anything. Like Rocket's, That's true. Rocket's thing is he gets bored and he sits around and he tinkers and tries to make destructive shit, right? You know, he packs away some grenades in the yeah. beginning. But otherwise, he's just the guy who flies ships. And And, and in this one, he goes to the place where you freaking make the biggest things ever. He which, ought to be like, okay, how does this forge work? Let's right. get this thing working. Let me figure something Instead, out. He's doing you know? caution. Well, he's, well, they say he goes, well, I got to take the role of a captain now. So what do I do? You know, like, like I, I can't imagine Rocket really holding himself back because of, of duty to a role. You know, he'd want to get in yeah. there and figure that out. Yeah, but, I'm not buying that. Yeah. You're right. There was something He's... off about the whole thing. I just kind of thought maybe it was an aesthetic I didn't care for. Like, even though it's a machine, like like a like a like a, a unbelievably large machine that harnesses the power of a star, I did keep thinking. So it's really that easy to make a magic hammer? Like it shouldn't be that easy, <laughs> right? Why didn't uh, Why didn't he come here? Why didn't everybody right... get one? Right? Exactly. <laughs> Is it this easy? I don't. And I still have no idea how they started that star. It's like, oh, um, I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see how the relics are made. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> They're just I, relics. I understand that Thor had to hold the aperture open so that the energy of the star could reach the forge. I still don't understand how they started the star. Yeah. The star doesn't need the aperture to be open to, to ignite. Well, there was something about Did I miss him. Something? It was something about him pulling, making the 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 rings of the machine move again that ignited the star like the star wasn't but that only that's like took a second i don't know right like like... it took a a little mining skiff to pull thor make him water ski on that thing and i mean i think rocket should have at least clevered tried to clever his way out of that yeah problem and maybe it fails, and now Thor has to do something heroic and bold and noble and sacrificing. But Rocket would take a shot at it. Yeah, totally. Maybe that's on the cutting room floor, but Cause I, I think, felt like I could have gotten right. 30 seconds of, all right, it's going to work, and then it blows up, and now Thor has to do, and now, we, you know, right. now Thor takes his try. Yeah, like Rocket is kind of, I think if I recall, there's some shots of him being left in the dark, like... Guys, what's going on? What is this place? And they're not telling him, right? So they just kind of stick Rocket in the dark. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, maybe that was justification for it. But if they did that, then they knew they were doing something wrong. I want the Rocket who's setting a, a – he looks like he's tapping away at something in a ship, but really he set up a forest full of booby traps. <laughs> right. I want that Rocket. As, as awesome as Marcus and Mephili are – you can, they can be forgiven for not getting all 78 voices perfect, right? <laughs> and I think Rocket is one that probably suffered that fate. I thought yeah. they got Drax really good. Uh, Drax. 
Drax, uh, that was my deepest. I think that was my deepest laugh of any <laughs> of these movies was him thinking he's invisible. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty great. That was such a beautifully executed scene. Even down to Mantis's, hi, Drax. Yeah. Like just the way she pops into frame. <laughs> right. And like she's, you know, is preoccupied with nothing else except seeing him. Right, like, exactly. all she is doing in that moment. I also love how, how much Drax idolized Thor. Do not disrespect the pirate angel. <laughs> the angel pirate. <laughs> it's like a pirate and an angel had a baby. <laughs> oh, Dra- yeah. Carrie said we were talking about the next what the next movie would be, and she says, "I really want Drax to kill Thanos." She goes, "I don't think I'll be happy if he if it's anyone else." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be lovely. So. Of my five things, I think I've talked about more, but I only had written down two. So um, I'm done. Well, that makes it easy. That <laughs> makes it easy then for you. So what do you got next on yours? Okay. So um, so we've, we've touched on two of mine as well. Um, let's see. So one thing I was um, walking into this movie expecting but hoping wouldn't be there was the, the battle against the army of drones, yeah. which is how – um, the previous two Avengers movies, third act is spent. Um, yeah, they're and, trying to soften that, like, say, like, the Chitari were basically corpses that were being remote-controlled, right? And then... Huh? The Chitari... Chitari are corpses now? Well, What's well, that? Well, the Chitari were alien, were alien, We, but as soon as they blew up the mothership, they all dropped because they were being remote Oh, I didn't interpret that to mean that they but were reanimated, undead. They, I don't know. I, I, I just I, that they were like a hive mind kind of. Oh, okay. Well, they all dropped dead after that was after the the, the ship was that was nuked. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then Ultron was the robots, and then here we are with these things, which were clearly creatures. And he said, "We have enough blood to spill." So, but these are clearly living things, right? But they are yeah. still drones. Right. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I don't what know where is, they drop. What does drone mean to you? I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> drone I, doesn't mean not alive to me. I meant robots. Like, so I was thinking, oh yeah, the other ones were corpses. This one is is uh, yeah, I'm is thinking robots. Like bees. bees. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Drone. Drone means otherwise useless male. <laughs> uh, yeah. Faceless, lacking personality, hmm. just completely replaceable and uh uninteresting for the most part um and so i was like i really hope that they we don't have the army of drones and instead it's like a small number of super powered yeah uh, opponents that they have to take on and so i was really happy when it was the the black order which i wasn't familiar Mm -hmm. with from the comics they were all new characters to me and uh, i loved the one who i learned later his name is ebony maw Who's like the super eloquent? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, does a little too much talking. Not for me. Um, <laughs> I I loved the, I loved his yeah. personality, um, I and I loved the kind of disdainful way he used his telepathic powers or uh, telekinetic powers, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you throw a car at him and he just like waves his hand and it slices in half. 
Like he doesn't yeah. try to look cool while, he, while he's doing it, but he is cool while he's doing yeah. it because he's cool in like the James Dean sense of the word. <laughs> James Dean wasn't very cool. James Dean was very, uh, um, he had kind of had a hot uh, emotional mm-hmm. response. He was, he was like Fonzie cool. Mm-hmm. Ebony Ma was more Fonzie cool. Like nothing, he didn't let things rattle him. He didn't want to show, uh, right. show that anything rattled him. I liked Ebony not Ma. I thought he was a good uh, and a good foil for Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was really happy about that. But then when we got to the Army of Drums, I was like, okay, well, here we go. Here like we this go. is, it just comes with the package. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, it was mercifully um, that we had uh, other things to cut between. It wasn't yeah. like all the characters are there fighting the Army Drones. And so that's the only thing we have to look at now is at least we got to jump around and see yeah. things happening in other places. And then Thor showing up, uh, broke it up. Yeah. And then it all, um, and then Be all gone kind with of... this. Let's make it down. Yeah. Cause I think Marcus and McFeely learned or knew, uh, they made, they've made some very smart, big decisions. And one of them being with civil war, you end with a battle between the two people that, or in that case three, but really it ended with between Tony and Steve. That's, you know, it, it, the climax was a very intimate, personal battle, and that was really smart. So, yeah, I got the, I got, I don't, you know what? I never really. I, it's funny when I when I was watching it, I and, and the orcs came in. I kind of did have this feeling this wasn't going to be the end, because it would be just so blah if it was. It really just seemed something to 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 make it feel big. When I don't know, fate of the universe. That's kind of was big to me. <laughs> half people in the galaxy. Although, did that mean half the trees, half the plant vegetation? Or is it just half the top of the food chains in every planet? Hmm. That's a great question. I think Thanos' plan might not actually make a lot of sense. <laughs> so he's Republican, in other words. Um. <laughs> Sorry. I think um, I'm not willing to paint with that broader brush. Really. Um, <laughs> I think they painted it. Them, I think they, they painted it themselves. My son Floyd, uh, on the way back from the movie, said, oh, if, "If the Infinity Gauntlet's all powerful, why doesn't he just double the universe's resources?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know, you're smarter than Thanos. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, there you go. Well, because he didn't have to kill anybody. He could have solved this problem right there. Right. Yeah. Just double Why the universe. Why does everything have leave all to the be people death. alone? Right. Yeah. Same, same, same result, right? Same result. I'm glad your kid is smarter. How did, I'm glad your kid is smarter than uh, Thanos. We need more of them. Um, I still don't think my kid should get an infinity gun. <laughs> I think that. How did your kids take the ending? This was this different for them. They weren't like bothered by it. Really, they were. You know, they were like, "There's they." You know, they saw it as a Frederick, cliffhanger. Frederick also said in the wide home, um, "Black Panther movie made a billion dollars. They're not going <laughs> to kill off the Black Panther." Exactly. Like, uh, you know. Okay, so you got a savvy kid. <laughs> yeah, he's always looking for the angles. Oh, and the twins, like they, nobody was like crying or upset. They all really liked it, you know. 
Okay, um, I'm gonna. I just got a text from my wife, who's in the other room. Okay. She can come in here. You can come in here, sweetheart. But thank you. She's very sweet. And she says, I think she heard me say that she hopes that Drax kills Thanos. And she texted me saying, actually, I thought about it, and I want Drax to either be about to kill Thanos and Thanos reverses time to give him back his family. That's oh, nice. That would be nicer, wouldn't it? Or so we could see his wife uh, not dance and engorge his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Um, or either Drax or Star-Lord takes the gauntlet and reverses time to where he gets them back and everyone gets their mothers back. And then a little crying emoji. Oh, Isn't Tony that nice? Mother and father back. Tony would get his mother Peter and father Parker back. Peter Parker can Peter Parker get would Uncle get Ben back. And presumably his parents, too. <laughs> That's very sweet, honey. But then none of them will be superheroes anymore because they'll have lost their motivation. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, they're superheroes now. They had their motivation to become what they are. And now the reward is they get it back. But I love I love Floyd's idea. I can't wait to tell I can't wait to tell you, Carrie, Floyd's idea. Yeah, I don't know why like why it's funny how in an age of more why is death considered the most logical answer and not more, you know? I think perhaps Thanos has Thanatos. <laughs> well, which is the death wish, the death wish. Right. Well, I mean, they haven't brought other than the smirk, the implied smirk at the end of the, the mid credit scenes of the Avengers. They haven't in mentioned yet. Thanos is from the comics, his romanticizing the personification of death. Right. So right. maybe the movies kind of feel we can't go that far. <laughs> you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. I, yeah, I think if they could limit the um, the crazy cosmic aspects of the of the story is a good idea. Um, so I think this movie was full of uh, tactical errors. <laughs> So that was a strategic error by, by Thanos is that he's trying to do the wrong thing um, or trying to solve the problem the wrong way. Right. I lots of tactical errors. Um, one uh, that struck me was Doctor Strange has already cut off one big bad guy's arm using a portal. We have another guy with a gauntlet on his arm. Maybe try <laughs> that trick again. Yeah, yeah. It's fine if we see that it doesn't work, but I'd, I'd give it a try. We've already seen yeah. it work once an hour ago. But in this uh, Wakanda battle, big t strategic error, tactical error here is um, they open the portal. Two things, two things that they should have done differently. Because what we see them do is they open the portal and then... Uh, a little bit so that they won't surround uh, the shield mm -hmm. and then maybe break through and get into the castle that way. And then after they've opened it, now they charge forward and meet them in the river, whereas you would let your opponent cross the river to you 
that slows them down. You don't want to fight with the river to your back. You got no place to maneuver. You can be driven back in the river and, and get messed up in your formations. You stand on your side of the river. You make them cross to you. It slows them down. They're bunched up. You get to pick them off. Or you meet them right at the gap You've and you kind of surround the gap and you do like the, the Battle of Thermopylae. I mean, like you life. open a little gap, right? Right. Or option three, which is the one I would have gone with, mm. go inside your castle and defend from inside your castle because it turns <laughs> out towers are great defensive points. <laughs> And just like shooting your spears down at the the leggy things who are trying to climb up to you is a is a is a better defensive position. That's why we build or built castles because <laughs> you 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 fight from on top of your castle, not from in front of it. Okay. Anyway, remind me not to get into a land war with you. <laughs> it always fights bothers me in in uh, uh, sword movies where. Um, nobody fights from behind their shield. They always like have their shield down at their side while they're right. fighting with their sword in front of them. Like fight from behind your shield. Why is it's not there to just weigh you down <laughs> and take one arm out of the fight? <laughs> like it's you know. But that's not how movies work. Right. I get it, but I can't not think it. Okay, that's my bit about um, the army of drones. <laughs> And uh, the Black Order. I wanted to talk a little bit about the one in uh, Scotland, but I already did. Um, nice. Uh, I'm grateful that I've heard of more than one theater, including my own, that applauded when Captain America came out of the shadows. That was cool. Yeah. Can we call him Captain America? They don't call him Captain no. America in this movie. Everyone has referred to him as Nomad. But he's never referred to as Nomad in this movie. Oh, Nomad. <laughs> well, 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 Nomad is okay. what is when he took is when he took the uh, mantle of Nomad in the comics after he lost. He, I'm sorry, what you? Um, so I uh, I already put it on our Twitter feed. I, oh. I've got I just read a story saw... with Nomad. Oh yeah. Um, I got I have to put it on our Facebook page too. Um, and, and there's a Marvel team up uh, with Spider-Man. I and saw Nomad that. Where... They meet up and unexpected things happen <laughs> that are strongly, strongly suggested by both the words and the images. Um, I will, I, I will uh, <laughs> Leave, let you see, discover that on I'll your own. I'll put that up on the Facebook um, for you all to enjoy. Anyway, um, okay. This will segue into my final point, I think. So, um, this is a complicated one. Like, this is a bundle of ideas, but they all are related. Okay, so what did you think? <laughs> I'm going to do it back to you now. It's my point, but I'm going uh, to toss okay. you a question. What did you think of uh, the Bruce Banner Hulk hmm. thing and then Banner being in the Hulkbuster armor at the end? Well, I think overall, I'm, this is a great question. I think overall, I'm happy that we get to see why Banner himself is a hero and not just the Hulk. Because okay. he presses forward to be like, we have to... Because, you know, there's actually a great moment in Age of Ultron where he and Black Widow are playing the old 1940s, oh, the guy done me wrong kind of flirtation. 
and she summarizes Bruce Banner perfectly when she says, "I all my everyone I know, all my friends are fighters, and this guy is the only guy who runs from a fight because he'll know he'll win." Now, Bruce Banner is sent back after being handled by the Hulk, uh, by the Thanos, and he's the one that leads the charge to convince Strange to get Tony to get. You've got to get Steve. He pushes through. He gets in the Hulkbuster suit, which is a nice bit of misdirect from the trailers. I really liked it. What I did not like is I think of the Hulk. The Hulk has always been a werewolf story, right? It kind of, it, which in a werewolf story is, the, is, is getting directly at the duality of man, the duality of our psyche. And I like to think of the, the brutish Hulk is Banner's brain if it had all these different chemicals swirling around all the time. I don't think of him, and but a lot of comics have, think of them as two distinct personalities or two distinct characters altogether. I think it's what the same brain would be if it had all this other different stuff in. So while the idea of the Hulk having performance anxiety... Because he's been knocked out unconscious by, by the Hulkbuster and by Thor. But he's never had a beating like he took from Thanos. Mm-hmm. Why do I keep saying Thanos? It's Thanos, right? So the idea of the Hulk having performance anxiety is kind of interesting. Um, I like the idea that we get more of Bruce. But... I didn't like the way it was handled. No? I, I didn't... I, I could have done with all of it, the way they did it, except for when he's in the Hulkbuster outfit and half of the Hulk, his face turns to the Hulk going, No! <laughs> I'm not going to come out! <laughs> he should have said, I'm scared. I'm scared. You know, and so I'm like, that means that he's the Hulk has consciousness about... When he's out and when he's not. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't think he does. He's not two different people. He's the same brain, just a different chemical reaction to it. So, right. The whole deal with the Hulk is that he's not in control. He's not in control. And here he is in control. But, but I like, well, well, yeah, but I like, I like that how the Avengers set it up of Bruce's trick is that I'm able, I can turn into the Hulk and have some measure of control over him when I'm always angry and I'm always in control of this anger. And then the times like when he gets trapped on the helicarrier, he's lost control. But this kind of says that the Hulk himself has some measure of control. And I don't... The whole point is that he's out of control. So, yeah. So that, I thought, was a real weird and kind of didn't go over very... It didn't go over well with me. It didn't sit well with me. I accepted it because everything else in the movie was freaking awesome. But um, it it, it didn't sit very well with me. But I like the fruit that it bore uh, in terms of, like, we get more of Bruce and less of just... Muscle worship. I got really excited when he's in the Ironmonger suit and he says, Iron. come on, Hulk, come on, buddy. And he starts to turn for a second and like watching the Hulk bust out of yeah. like, what's going to happen. You're it's right. not going to fit him. 
you know right exactly like watching him burst out of the ironmonger suit or the um for the hulkbuster suit from within yeah that would have been awesome that would have been so awesome so i felt very disappointed that we didn't get that in that moment um now later now there was shots in the avengers trailer of bruce standing out in the field of wakanda next to fragments of the hulkbuster outfit so one could assume that that was shot for the next movie. Spoiler. So, right. yeah, we, Bruce Banner's it. Bruce Banner doesn't get a. We don't know exactly what happened to him. We didn't see him. We didn't see him float uh, ash away, and we didn't see really what happened to him. Right? You never. To who? To Bruce. To Bruce Banner. No, he's there at the end. Oh, he is. Yeah, that's right. He kind of. Waddles up in all the, the Avengers, all the original Avengers uh, survived. Uh, Hawkeye, we don't know about. Yeah, Rocket's the last one of the Guardians. Everyone else He's the went. only Guardian left. All the original Avengers are there. And let me, maybe this is a good time then. I think I mentioned this to you before. There's a... Um, the AV Club put out an article that I was very glad they did because it was something my friend Drew and I have been talking about for a very long time. Um, and just been a, a, just been in awe of. They put an article about how there's been no other character arc like Tony Stark's in the Marvel Universe, and I would argue in cinema history, he says you look at how where Tony Stark is at the beginning of Iron Man, and then where he is at the end of the first Avengers is a stunning arc. It goes from Iron Man, Iron Man two, to Avengers, and then. From Avengers, it goes from Iron Man 3 to Age of Ultron to Civil War. And the article was written before Infinity War came out. And Spider-Man Homecoming. And Spider-Man Homecoming, exactly. There's not much of an arc in there, but it's it's part of it. But it's, it's, it's part of his thing. It's his need for family. And it's a truly spectacular thing. In fact, that's why I think Civil War makes Age of Ultron better. Because when you look back at Age of Ultron, you're really looking at Tony. You know, there'd be no civil war if it wasn't for Age of Ultron. You look at who he is in the beginning of that movie and then being the person that would not make the sacrifice play that he does at the end of Avengers. And one of the most important moments in the entire MCU is when um, Tony Stark first acknowledges Cap as the leader of the Avengers. It's an enormous thing for him to do because he's always been the smartest guy in the room. He's just naturally, when he walks in a room, he just naturally assumes that he's the leader. And then he challenged it. But Captain Captain uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, is obviously the leader of the Avengers for obvious reasons. And the moments that he acquiesces is a huge step in his life. It's a huge moment in his life. And then Iron Man 3, which we should talk about later. Um, Iron Man 3, which is actually a pretty spectacular story, if it's a movie I've only ever bothered to watch once, if someone who builds all this weaponry to protect himself himself and the ones he loves, and the only way he can protect him, to really, truly protect himself is to get rid of all them all, all his weapons. It's a truly spectacular story. And then he moves on to Age of Ultron, where he then doubles down on that though to try to create the suit of armor around the world which then goes into the obvious anyway it goes on and on and on and on and to think of where poor tony is i mean part of peter parker's death 
in Infinity War is... I, I, I don't care what it says. It's legitimately heartbreaking. It was. Even, it was. Even and Tom Holland uh, yeah. killed it. Yeah. And to have his last line be, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but not only does it kill me for Peter, it kills me for Tony. Because Tony, Homecoming was him trying to be a parent. And then at the beginning of the movie, he mentions that Pepper may be pregnant or uh, or not not pregnant yet, but like, I dreamt that we were going to have a kid. He's thinking about family. This is, how would Tony ever think about having a family? And then, and then to watch the person that he brought in to be a surrogate father for evaporate to carbon pieces in his arms is just, because of him, it's earth shattering. This was a... uh... Robert Downey Jr.'s most soulful performance as Tony Stark since the first Iron Man. I thought he was great. I thought he, I thought he was the emotional center of the movie Mm -hmm. and he, and he carried it. And, uh, you really felt that Iron Man, um, you really felt he was ready to stop being Iron Man and, uh, and was feeling very conflicted about everything. And, um, I don't know. Like he was great. Like it. It seemed on paper. It seemed like it would have been redundant for him to be with uh, uh, Stephen Strange and Peter Quill, who are sort of like two different halves of his personality. Um, oh my god! I didn't even think about that. He totally. That's totally right. But it wasn't. I thought. I thought. And I thought a lot of that was. I mean, I don't know how much of it was the writing. I thought a lot of it was. Um, was Downey's performance where he, of the three of them, he gives the best performance. Yeah. And like he finds the space between those two to be a different kind of Tony Stark so than we've seen before. Brilliant. Where he's really, he, he's, he's feeling the weight of responsibility in a way that I, I didn't feel like he, I didn't buy it in the same way in like age of Ultron or civil war where it just seemed like it was there to service the plot more than anything. Like in this movie, I, I believed it. Well, I believed that he, he was carrying the weight of, in those two of movies, responsibility. In those two movies, he's trying to, he's in denial. Like he's actively avoiding that responsibility. Like in, in, in Civil War, he, he, it, thinks it, he's, he thinks he's taking it on. It's like, it's like he's projecting in Civil War. I, I think he's brilliant in Civil War too. He's thinking he's owning the responsibility of what happened in Sokovia. And then when Ultron was his fault, demonstrably, he goes, you know what? We all have to be responsible. So he's projecting his guilt onto everybody. And like try to make everyone comply when it's like, we all need to sign this Sokovia because we got to be in check. We got to be put in check. It's like, no, no, you need to be put in check. It's really surprising that none of the other Avengers ever say, Tony, this is all about you. You think we need to be put? You need to be put in check. <laughs> so Tony is, is, I mean, Tony Stark is the villain of Civil War. He's the antagonist, which I think is a brilliant stroke. I think he's, I, I, I tend to side with his position overall over uh, Steve Rogers in that movie, though. <laughs> but no, but that's just it. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, and, he, and 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 Steve, 
you know, if if I were talking to about George W. Bush, I would be saying what Tony's saying, um, uh, exactly. But you know, but it you know, it's also hard to argue with some things that 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 Cap has to say. But that's again, you're putting your trust in the man. You put your trust in the man. I'm trusting Steve Rogers. You're putting your trust in a process. I'm gonna go with what Tony says. But that's what makes it all very sticky and brilliant, honestly, as a story. Um, I didn't feel like in Civil War though that movie or or Downey like took me on his emotional journey with him to get me mm-hmm. to that place where I. I I was seeing why he was acting the way he was acting. Really? Okay. Not, not, in, not in a way I felt. Oh, okay. Um, not in a way that it was resonant, I guess. Yeah. I just... Um, I, it, just it was for me, but... It was, it was kind of perfunctory. It was more like checking boxes to move the plot forward for me than anything. Um, maybe it was just rushed. Whereas in, in, in Infinity War, a very overcrowded overstuffed movie it would seem i did feel like i took that journey with hmm. with tony stark here's a guy who is ready to to hang up the the iron settle down start a family and like oh shit i have to do this thing because i have to do it right right um like this is his steve rogers moment like yeah. there's no i have no other choice here yeah um this is the right thing to do and I, God, I wish it wasn't me doing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, maybe that was like Robert Downer Jr. saying, I wish I didn't have to do one more Avengers movie after this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so that weariness was shining through. <laughs> well, what do you think? Do you think, I mean, if this movie existed in isolation, would you think you've seen that? I mean, like, I, I think huh. he was absolutely great in it but but i think between iron man iron man 2 iron man 3 avengers avengers age of ultron and civil war that all compacted made this particular journey all that much more like that really fed all of that i think to see how far a question that's impossible to answer so i don't Mm -hmm. know um it's hard to even imagine this movie existing in isolation like it wouldn't yeah. even what the what the fuck would it be <laughs> i heard i just just this evening i heard of uh someone's uh boss said oh i'm taking the whole company out to see uh infinity war let's take the day off and go see and like one of the co-workers had never seen any of the other marvel movies didn't care like wasn't a superhero mm-hmm. fan and so this was their first this is going to be like their first superhero movie can you even imagine i can't I even know. imagine Talk to that person. Can you find out? Should I book them for the next? Uh... Yes, absolutely. I would they, love... That person was not present. I don't. Oh, okay. uh... You seem very earnest. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have that conversation. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I doubt I'm going to put in the, the effort to do it. I but really would... want to know. I really want to know because, you know, I can look at it and say, I think it kind of holds up on its own without having seen it. But I've seen everything and read so much. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to imagine what that experience would be like. Mm-hmm. Which lends credence to the critical viewpoint that it's a less than movie because it requires having seen all this other stuff. But, I, I, you know, I believe that film can be many different things. That's the power of cinema. And I don't think it should, this movie should be discounted because it can't exist in a vacuum. 
you can admire the flexibility of the James Bond franchise for which by the way they're great movies that aren't really good at all (laughs) (laughs) um and yet i we have such affinity um but you know they loosely they just kind of loosey-goosey kind of go through not building on anything that they built but kind of every now again just still using what they built but they're not adhering to anything whereas the thing i love about marvel is is that all things that happen in movies matter in other movies. Everything that happens matters in the other movies. And that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of focus and it takes a lot of dedication to telling an overall story. And that's another way to do films, brother. That's just, it just is. I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun uh, overall. And I, I think it is an achievement. Um, And I think it's, kind of a bogus argument to say oh this movie is only for people who have already seen uh, other mcu movies well that's like a hundred million people <laughs> like how many that's right. you know like the old oh, the the at most the, the potential audience for this is a hundred million people how many movies do you love or like there's probably like is there a million people on the planet who would ever see this movie who would ever sit through the whole thing but right. you know they're brilliant you know but they're like extremely taxing uh, taxing or they might not be taxing it just might be like a very acquired taste right. you know like prospero's books like you you probably have to have seen the tempest in some other form and be okay with like lots of nudity on screen and like babies pissing off of swings, <laughs> and like uh, like this treatment that kind of obscures the plot even more than right. than Shakespeare does. Like you, you have to be like in that Venn diagram to even, and then you have to like have the opportunity to see that movie. Like it has to be playing right. in your town, or you have to seek it out on on VHS because this is 1992 or something. Um, anyway, I don't know why that's the first example that came to mind. I was, I was racing to come up with an example, but of like some movie (laughs) with like, that was not even, it's just movies that are just kind of out there and for select subsets of the, of the potential cinema audience, you know, I don't know. I think it's just resentful that these, these movies have taken over cinemas and that they're crowding out other things from, right. uh, Which is screens, which is valid. It's just hard for me to be on that train when it's everything I ever wanted for the majority of my life. (laughs) And then now it's happening and it's good. It's not like it's happening and it's okay. It's happening and it's really good. Yeah. Like the, you know, they could be slasher movies. They could be, you know, fraternity comedies. They could be like, take any other similar uh, film craze that, it seemed like you were there were way too many of them constantly. Right. I mean, you can I'll take make, this over most of those. Yes, exactly. You can um make the argument that superhero films have supplanted the action movie. Yeah. You know. I'm fine with that too. And, and fine with this too. <laughs> exactly. As long as there are these kinds of superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, this is what I love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's what makes it distinct from the television version. I think is Ooh, that we're these... going to get into that later. <laughs> okay. No, I'm well, just kidding. Is, go I ahead, was going to start this off, but here just we kidding. are. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, but here I'm, we are. I'm going to say it. 
and maybe this is a nice way to end the episode. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Hope. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad when the hosts are hoping the episode will end. <laughs> the host is hoping he can go to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and this is what I love about it more than anything, and it's what I loved about the comic books, is, and it's why I don't go for the cosmic stories in the comic books, is that these are just stories about normal people. Yeah. And they're not awed by themselves or each other, or if they are, it's only for like the briefest moments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this, this is a universe where everybody's on a first name basis, you know? <laughs> They don't call each other Hawkeye and Iron Man. They call each other Clint and Tony. Yeah. Right? Even in the middle of a battle. Right? Yeah. Even when they're fighting each other. Like, hey, Clint. Hey, Tony. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, like, just, they live in a matter-of-fact world. These are just, like, people. Yeah, just people. Who are, they do cooler things than you and me. They have powers that we don't. But they don't even have to explain how they got them anymore. Right. You know? Like, we're past that point. Like, Yeah. Peter Parker is a kid with spider powers. Do you need your, do you need an explanation? You know, <laughs> does anyone care how Bruce Banner became the Hulk? Right. You know, He's ever since that shitty movie, like nobody's even mentioned gamma bombs once, <laughs> right? <laughs> like nobody cares. Nobody cares yeah. how these people got the way they got. They're just that's the way they are now. Yeah. It's um. Now what? And just feeling that comfortable with it it's just a comfortable place to be when you go to see a marvel movie you're just hanging out with people you want to spend time hanging out with yeah and you get to see cool shit in the meantime mm-hmm. and that's what it's really about whereas a tv show you know like daredevil and uh luke cage and jessica jones is like constant myth making about <laughs> how extraordinary they are and how different they are from everybody else right because it's more of a street level we're spending more time with like normal people in uh, and so there's more of a contrast there. But in the, the cinematic universe, you're spending all your time with the extraordinary people or the agents of shield who <laughs> are always around them or something. And so for them, it's just like every day, just everyday stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's aliens in New York now. Let's get to work. Right. This is now part of our reality. That's what I love about the... Like, I, I think I may have said this before on this podcast. Um, I hope I hope not. But the thing I, I realized I really loved about the Marvel Universe versus the DC Universe, it's unfair to compare. But, Why? I don't know. Um, it's unfair. Is that the DC... Like, no matter what you feel about you know the Batman Begins Dark Knight trilogy... But that, along with all the other DC ones of late, not of yore, but of late, have um, been basically apologizing for certain aspects of the character from the comics. And they've been going, okay, well, we have to justify why he has a Batmobile or justify why he has this. We have to justify this uh, aspect of its or- Wonder Woman's origin. or And I liked Wonder Woman a lot. Um, and we have to justify this and that and justify this. Marvel's like, okay, this is in the universe. This is in our real world. How does the real world now deal with that? And that's what I like. It's like it yeah. just takes it as a given and then goes, how does that change our world or how does our world cope? And 
how do they realistically cope? Like the Sokovia Accords are a fantastic example of that. It's like this incredible, this big comic booky thing happened where a sentient robot dropped it and tried wanted to, to create a meteor impact by dropping an entire city down. And our heroes tried to stop it best they could. And now in Civil War, they're like, okay, well, there's all this fallout for all these multitudes of reasons. And now what we're going to, the real world is going to adjust the way the real world knows how to do it. That is amazing. Whereas the DC universe tries to constantly apologize and justify. And I'm like, and it doesn't have to, you know? So hear that everybody don't got to make excuses for your thing. Just do your thing. Just Do your thing. Yeah. Just like the Isley brothers said, right? It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Um, one final thought, actually. Um, Bill Maher once said in his in one of his final real time rants, um, talk, he started talking about how comic book movies were taking over, and how that was a bad thing, and talked about how it's leading to this mentality of waiting for someone to save you. And that the fantasy of these movies is that there are people out there who will stop and save you. And I'm like, don't totally disagree. Have you ever read a comic book? Yeah. I'm like, no, the point of these movies is that you imagine yourself being that hero. Yeah. And when that hero is struggling with things that you yourself struggle with, you get to see how a fucking superhero deals with it. And it's inspiring. It inspires you to take action. It doesn't inspire you to wait for someone better to come along and help you. And so I don't... I, it really made me mad. <laughs> it's like, you've never been told the story, then, have you? Maybe he's been watching lots of ancient Greek dramas with uh, <laughs> Zeus coming down on the platform and bailing the characters out. <laughs> So, any final thoughts on Avengers Infinity War? In summation? I thought it was really good. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is cool (laughs) on the whole, even if I sometimes get fatigued with it and then fall behind uh, the movies. I still haven't seen uh, Thor The Dark World. But then everyone whose opinion matters to me says it's not good, so... Maybe I won't bother. I don't know. I have well, it. It's sitting on my shelf. I've checked it out from the <laughs> library. I meant to watch it before we did this. but Well, I had two. As I said before, there were two movies in the cinematic universe that I have, I do not own. Only two. Are there, is that, are, do you pointedly not own them? Without saying what they are, do you pointedly not own them? Uh, I, don't, or... I don't not own them on principle, but I don't own them because I felt like I didn't need to. Because once was enough. Yeah. Well, I take that back. Twice, well, once was enough for one of them, and I, but I do think I should revisit it. And twice was enough for the other one. The other one I first saw and thought, this is in the theater, and thought, this is great. And then I got at home and saw it on video. I was like, this isn't that good. <laughs> well, that sounds like something we might get into in the second half of this episode. Exactly, Mundo. Where we go through uh, a survey of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, we've put together a number of categories, and we're going to do not quite rankings because rankings can get tedious if you go through full lists, but we're going to do our top threes and bottom threes. I'm not and sure I could do this. I might just give you the whole list. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> but the whole list you is hard you. for me. 
The hard, you do whole, your thing. The whole list would be hard for me, too. But we're going to talk about our top and bottom movies or different kinds of characters. We have some other. It'll be fun categories. Top heroes, top villains. Non-super yeah. heroes, non-super villains. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we'll have lots of debates about what constitutes a non-super villain. Yes. I, uh, I already have, a. I think, I, what will be a controversial choice. I have one that I love, but I don't think he's a villain. But he could very well be. All right. But we'll have to find out. That's a good good tease. tease. Okay. So look for that. And so once more, Ben-Hur jumps in the back (laughs) of the chariot to let somebody else uh, Fuck me. I know. I know. It's me. (laughs) It's all me. It's it's almost done. No, no. It's going to be done right. And that's what matters. It will be epic to suit its subject matter. You can find us on all the things, and those things are, Siggy? They are uh, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> you can email us at youwatcheditwrong at happypanic.net if you want to be a little more private about it. Um, you could <laughs> be friends with uh, Wade or I and uh, text us like um, – Little Stevie Campbell in Norman, Oklahoma did about the Phantom Thread, saying how he thought it was all about S&M. Um, Which we will get into that, Stevie. It's just I haven't seen it yet, so we'll need to That was in response to our Oscar, our big Oscar Our big show. Oscar show, right. That came out, what, three weeks after the Oscars came? Yes. Thank you to Steve for listening to it. I appreciate it, Stevie. So reach out. We want to know what you think. Rate us on iTunes. I haven't checked in a while. Nobody rated us. I haven't even rated us. I haven't even rated us, us. so I can't really throw stones. All right. So if you intervene to save half the population of the galaxy instead of keeping your vow to be an impassive observer, you uatu'd it wrong. I meant to say you watch her did wrong. You wa- <laughs> Do you want to try it again just in case? No, it's probably better. Like, because then it's one. It's like two little jokes in one. Yeah. It's a step removed from. <laughs> you watch her did wrong. And you said you. You think? <laughs> you think I'm gonna say you watch her did wrong? Maybe you anticipate that, and then I say you watch her did wrong. <laughs> Right, cool. I really did mean to say you watched it wrong. <laughs> Uwatu is a way more cooler reference than Watcher. Besides, it would be you the Watcher did wrong. You the Watcher did wrong. <laughs> Doesn't follow the meter.